0: the podcast. Today, I'm joined online by Pepperdine's eighth president, Jim Gash. I reached out to hear his perspective on all of the events that unfolded on campus this past semester, and to also hear about what going forward looks like. First off, I wanted to congratulate you on your first year as president. Thank you. Sure, this isn't the year that you anticipated.
1: It's not. It's not. Yeah, 10 months in now, um, this has been a, a very different experience, at least since, since mid March. I mean, before that, it was what I expected it to be. It was just a lot of direct and personal engagement with members of our community, both on campus and off campus, and friends and alumni and prospective students and, and people who have the ability to make a profound. In, uh, profound impacts on our community through their giving. And, you know, we've had, we had some success there. And so it was everything I hoped it would be in terms of really getting to know a lot of students and having a lot of fun going to the performances and to the events and having meals with students and, and uh, hosting them in my home. Uh, it was fantastic. And then, as you know, things took a dramatic turn uh, in mid-March. In mid, uh, and, you know, things are, things are even more Challenging and difficult over the last week. And so this has been this has been a really trying time for our community, but our community is the kind that responds well and rallies together.
0: Yeah, I agree. I kind of just want to go back to January and the start of the spring semester. Could you kind of walk me through, you know, Covid came on the scene, and we found out that it was growing in Wuhan, and then Shanghai got shut down. Can you kind of just talk me through that experience?
1: Yeah, ha- happy to so we have uh, an emergency operations committee an EOC that is chaired by Phil Phillips, who is our chief operations officer and it's got about twenty or so on the uh, the committee and it is you know when there's a fire, when there's a shooting, when there is when there's a threat to our campus, it, uh, it it meets first and then and then it meets regularly as the situation warrants. The EOC also has under it an infectious disease task force. And so the Infectious Disease Task Force was convened uh, again, I mean, this started when SARS came, you know fifteen years ago. Uh, convened again in January when, when this virus became something more than something we were hearing about on TV that was localized in China. When it became, this was potentially going to be spreading outside the borders of China, then the, the Infectious Disease Task Force and the EOC started meeting uh, regularly. And uh, I was getting regular briefings. It be, there became a point in time where it was fairly early on that we just can't risk our students uh, being in the middle of that. And so the decision was made to bring them back. And then as you saw, after Shanghai, we had, you know, the next one and then the next one. And then we were, we were, we thought we were going to be able to finish the semester with, um, with the last remaining ones. I know Argentina was, was on the end of that. My daughter was, was there during that time. And, and ultimately, you know, as the infectious disease task force, which had um, an epidemiologist from, a uh, vi- virologist from UCLA who was advising us. It became clear that, you know, each time it's like it's time to pull them out. And so we pulled them out one at a time, trying to give them as much of the international program experience, experience as we could because that was that was uh, an important part of what they wanted their sophomore year to be, uh, some juniors, mostly sophomores. and And so... It was just one of those heartbreaking decisions. Each time, it was like we need to pull the trigger, and I'm like, you know, I trust your judgment. Let's move move forward. With the Shanghai, we brought them back to campus because it was early enough in the semester that uh, they could experience a I won't say normal because it wasn't normal. I would say a a Malibu experience. And so we we brought them back, and there were some there were some challenges with relocating and you know coming back to a place where they hadn't selected their roommates and and their classes and it was just it was tough and then the farther we got into the semester and and with the requirement of a 14-day quarantine period it just didn't become practical to bring them back and then of course they just everybody else joined them as as being on online on zoom.
0: I think you're right in saying that it wasn't normal. I don't think any part of this past semester was normal.
1: No no I don't think I think you're right it wasn't. I mean, maybe the first couple of days in Malibu, where where we were blissfully ignorant of what was coming our way.
0: Yes, ignorant is right. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so then, fast forward to mid March, and all the students are you know sent home, and you're still on campus along with some faculty members, and it's empty. What is that like for you um, personally, but also as a president?
1: It's lonely. I mean, it's it's I, I didn't become president so I could stand in my office and look over at the Pacific Ocean out of my window and uh, scenario plan for when we could get back. That was not what was part of it. Um, this, the, the, the job of a president is to interact uh, with the faculty, staff and students and to lead uh, rather than to send them emails or to to um, Zoom call with them. And so it, it's been, it's been lonely from the standpoint of the students, but we, we have a team that comes in every day. You know, the, the EOC, Emergency Operations Committee, we were, we we're meeting twice a day for the first three or four weeks. You know, we met in the morning, met in the afternoon. And every single time we were there, there were new decisions to make. There were new pieces of, of, of information to absorb. But over time, it, it then changed to once a day, and then it changed every other day. And then there was a time at which the emergency, the crisis part of it, uh, we were past. We, you know, we were getting toward the end of the semester. Uh, the, the professors, you know, were teaching online. We had the students refunds processed. We had, you know, the decision making we had to make about the summer IP, about the summer school, um, and, and then uh, what's called the steering team. Uh, resumed control of the university in kind of a day-to-day way. Steering was always in control of the various areas, but the EOC was where the uh, the uh, center of gravity was, and then it went back to steering. And steering is twenty-one uh, leaders of the university: the five deans, and then the provost and the vice provost, and then the COO, the CFO, the executive vice president, and you know the, the as you as you get into the senior leadership, the dean of students. And so then the, the, uh, the steering team kind of resumed uh, its, its leadership and the scenario planning began for the fall because that was the big thing on the horizon. Are we going to? If so, how are we going to? If we're going to do that, what are the various areas uh, that need to be making what decisions? And so as we were doing the scenario planning, we, had, we went through about 15 different possible iterations of what could happen this fall. We narrowed it to about five. Then we narrowed that to three, and then we announced um, on the 15th, Kind of here's the leading plan. And the leading plan, as you know, is for Seaver to start a little bit early and to finish a little bit late. But then, then, then the, the heavier lifting began of uh, breaking steering team into uh, various working groups. And so there's a working group of the, the president, the provost, and the COO, chief operating officer, are in every working group, and then we're with Seaver. With the school of public policy, and with the school of law, the school of business and management, and the school of uh, graduate school of education and psychology, and then with IP, and then with IT, and then with um, uh, operations, and in every small group of what do we need to do to be ready for people for, for for students to arrive in the fall?
0: Right, a lot of moving pieces. It sounds like there
1: are there are a lot. There's already a lot of moving pieces running. A university to begin with, but when you put a crisis on top of that, uh, it multiplies dramatically. But there's a phenomenal team. A phenomenal team. I mean, the people that I get to work with every day uh, love Pepperdine. They 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 love Jesus. They love each other. Um, it's we're unified. We're constantly um, in prayer together. Uh, and you know, when we find moments to be able to laugh, we do.
0: Laughter is good for the soul.
1: Yes. Amen. Amen.
0: I'm very curious as to how this whole experience has because as I'm talking with you know my friends and other students that um, are home or wherever they are I think the most interesting thing is how this experience has kind of shaped their faith Um, and so I'm just curious you know as you mentioned and obviously it's a Christian institution so I'm sure you and the rest of your team are led by that and centered by that but how has this you know affected your faith?
1: It's a great question. Uh, I still have the same routine. Every morning, uh, my chief of staff and I, Danny DeWalt, we uh, get out the seat cushions and kneel over here in front of the uh, in front of the window and, and spend the, the first part of the morning praying together. And, um, you know, we, we talk about various aspects of, of the Christian mission of the university kind of to, be, to begin the day. I'm um, going to church online, like probably uh, most uh, faithful followers who are, you know, are church-going people. That the church is online. I think there's a few that are opening up. Um, we, what uh, we're doing, what we every every steering committee meeting, steering team begins and ends in prayer, and uh, we're just bathing this entire. Uh, Episode in prayer and just relying on God's uh, leading. And at this point, we feel like uh, we're we're in the in the center of, uh, of the bullseye where where He wants us to be, and we're trying to stay there. And, and we uh, are, are eager to continue to submit this institution to Him and to follow His leading together. And you know, there's we're all on the same team. I mean, all all twenty one steering uh, team members are are just faithful followers of Christ and uh, are committed to, to this university being a reflection of, of God's kingdom here on earth.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I guess more specifically, like looking ahead with so many unknowns, you know, how, how do you grapple with the unknown or the anxiety that could surround that? That's
1: a great question. We, we, we've, started calling, uh, separating the term plan from decision. And, um, I said early on that we are going to make decisions as soon as possible to stay on ground. And we're going to make decisions as late as possible to do something you know other than that. So when, when we had to make the decision to suspend the summer international programs, we waited until it was absolutely clear that there wasn't going to be a chance when, it, when, um, uh, when we had to, to move the summer school online, you know, and we, we, we didn't say, here's the entire summer. We had a lot of schools that said, the entire summer's online. We're like, no, May is online. We will decide if June is online only once it becomes absolutely clear that there's not a chance to be on ground. And then the same thing happened for July, that ultimately, you know, we thought, we were really, really hoping and thought there was a chance that we'd be allowed to resume in person in July. And then uh, last week, I think it was Wednesday, we have our weekly call with the LA, Public County, LA County Public Health. And, and they said in no uncertain terms, um, schools will not be allowed to resume in person until the fall semester. So let me go back okay. to your, the, the answer to your question, of like how, how am I dealing with the uncertainty? And the, the answer is just acknowledging that it's there and knowing that we have to make a decision at some point, and we will make the decision when we have enough information to make that decision. And just being being someone who's legally trained, being comfortable with ambiguity, the answer is it depends. Are we going to do this? Well, it depends. It depends on the virus. It depends on LA County Public Health. It depends on our ability to deliver excellence in that context. And so um, it's just kind of being comfortable with uh, with uncertainty and, and uh knowing that at some point we will have sufficient information to make a decision.
0: What has like working with local authorities and, you know, the health mandates, what does that look like for you?
1: I would say it's been frustrating, but that would be unfair to them because they only have the information they have as well. And so for us to know, I mean, right now we're, we're waiting for the next order from them, which will give us a little bit more certainty as to, uh, the requirements, they're, they're going to give us requirements and they're going to give us recommendations. And so at this point, we're going we're trying to determine which are going to be requirements and which are going to be recommendations. What, what are the things that we can do because of the way our campus is set up that others can't? For example, our residence halls are all suite or apartment style living, as opposed to long hallways with bathrooms at the end, where 40 or 50 uh, students uh, share a bathroom. There's likely going to be different recommendations with respect to um, cleaning protocols and and how many people can use a a bathroom for other schools rather than us. There's all sorts of things we're trying to to get information from them. And and I feel for them because, because I'm saying to them, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And they're like, we don't know. And then students are saying to me, tell me, tell me. And I said, I don't know, (laughs) because I'm in the same position they are. I'm just one step removed. Uh, But they've been great. They've been very supportive. Their goal is to to help us deliver the kind of educational experience that we seek to deliver for our students. And for some institutions, for the Cal State schools, they decided pretty early on they were going to be primarily online and do a little bit uh, on ground. The UC schools, I think due to some some space challenges, they're going to be more of a mixture. Uh, Our our goal was to be as as on ground as as possible.
0: Yeah, thank you for explaining that here on the face-to-face. What is a message that you would like to send to students or anyone who's listening about the future?
1: Yeah, I will say that the future is in God's hands, and uh, I trust God and uh, encourage those listening to do the same. Uh, to let go of our constant, and I'll, I'll confess to it, that the constant desire to be in control of our own situations, that's something that um, I think is probably a spiritual gift of mine, is, is wanting to be in control. And I say that with, with uh, a bit of irony. I don't think it is a spiritual gift. I think it's something i got to let go of. Uh, but to, to also uh, know that we are eager at Pepperdine to welcome our community back more than anything, we miss students. Students bring life to this campus. You can't walk anywhere on this campus without just getting a big smile on your face. As you look around and you see students who are in that process of becoming, they they, they are people who, who left home, kind of most of them for the first time and kind of developed uh, an identity of their own, a faith of their own, have developed some some plans, a vision for their future, and Pepperdine is a a stepping stone and a helping hand and an encourager, and to watch that happen in front of us. You know, I was at the law school for 20 years and it was a three-year experience where we'd see students and they came in as as 1Ls and then when they left and just to watch the growth and now getting to see that even more magnified because an 18-year-old going to a 22-year-old has more growth than a 27-year-old going to a 30-year-old by and large. And so we're we're eager to have you back, and uh, we will be ready for you. We will not be able to eliminate all risk of all problems here on campus. We've never been able to do that. You know, we've you know we, every year there are students that get sick and injured from different things. We are going to do our uh, our best by adopting best practices in the industry and in in universities to mitigate the risk to the greatest extent possible. That still allows us to deliver edu- the educational experience.
0: Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, especially given all the circumstances.
1: Well, my pleasure, Lindsay. Thank you for the opportunity to share uh, what's going on at Pepperdine. We'll see you, we'll see you this fall, God willing.